Welcome to Season 2 of White Shores, the podcast for spiritual beings having a human experience. Let me invite you to walk once more beside me on White Shores to talk about the real meaning of life and being sensitive, intuitive, a mystic in a material world. Let's talk about dreams, rituals, personal transformation, the possibility of an afterlife, angels and other infinite possibilities. Season 1, recorded in 2019, featured interviews with some of the world's leading scientists currently researching consciousness, the existence of the mind separate from the brain. Listen to those mind-opening interviews if you can, because they left clear footprints in the sand for the carefully selected healers, psychics, mediums, authors, artists and experts featured in season two to follow and speak to us from their hearts, the place where all love and wisdom begins, and to speak to us in 2020, the year the world turned upside down and spiritual clarity needed as never before. So, now the scene is set, let's walk barefoot on the sand and then pause a while to gaze together at the horizon to see what magic lies beyond the material. Thank you for arriving safely on White Shores today. Sadly, in the pandemic, talk about death and dying is fast becoming a way of life. Death is all around, so in this episode, I'm going to talk to a professional medium. Yep, I've done it again. I'm talking to someone who talks to dead people. As I always say in my books, I believe strongly in personal connection to heaven, but in recent years, despite my scepticism about mediums, which I still have, I can't fail to be moved by messages that are sent to me from people who say a medium has brought them incredible comfort through offering proof of survival or just knowing something deeply personal, secret even, about their lost loved one in a way that's impossible for them to know. The message from the other side helped them in a way no therapy or any other grief or healing practices could. I feel afterlife signs can have the same transformative and comforting impact, and by that I mean the appearance of white feathers, clouds, robins, butterflies, coincidences or intuitions or anything that happens at just the right time to make you feel or shall I say know your loved one is close by. It can have the same healing impact as can just feeling overwhelmed with love or a sense your loved one is close by and you just don't know how or why but you just know they're there, they're alive within you. From all my research let me reassure you that they are and they always have been and always will be. Death ends a life, not a relationship. If you don't feel you have had or sensed or felt any afterlife signs, have you dreamt of a lost loved one? If you have, that's a very subtle afterlife communication, and it's often the first way departed loved ones try to sort of gently reassure you that they're doing okay because it's a way that's very gentle and subtle and won't alarm you. If you haven't dreamt of them, simply thinking about them with feelings of love can also strengthen that eternal and loving connection. So for me, direct personal communication is always the way to establish that relationship first with spirit. But if you are feeling 
blocked or simply unable to cope. Sometimes, I say sometimes, a medium, but it has to be a really good medium, and we were talking about this in the interview, sometimes a medium can kickstart that relationship in the same way when someone is depressed, antidepressants can give that depressed person a, a a pause, a, a launch pad, a, a foundation for their own recovery to start. Antidepressants should not be used in the long term. They're a short-term solution, just as visiting a good medium should not be long-term. Indeed, any medium that encourages repeat visits is a big red flag to avoid. One, possibly two, maybe three, but that's enough, should be enough to see if proof of survival can be given. Because if the, if the spirit's not coming through, then it's not happening. And maybe you should go to another medium or, again, look into this direct personal communication. There's always a reason why things happen. And it's maybe for you to dig deep within and find heaven from the inside out rather than looking for other people to enable that process. Spirit is calling you to become your own medium if that happens. I'd be very interested in your feedback to my next interview please do get in touch and you can find out how to do that at the end of the podcast and remember too after the interview there's another classical music gift for you chosen because it resonates with the eternal love theme of this episode and interview listening to that piece of music or meditating to it or simply closing your eyes and dreaming to it can help unite the logical and creative parts of your brain and bring you some much-needed inner peace. So, stay tuned. If you would like to find out more about my books, warning, I'm a serial spiritual writer, there are a lot of them, my research, my media appearances, and online talks and events, as well as my latest title and opportunities to win free gifts, please do visit www.teresachung.com and subscribe to my newsletter. If you want to listen to season one, you can find it on the podcast page of my website. And all episodes of both season one and season two are available on iTunes or wherever you download your podcast. Be honoured and grateful if you could leave a review there, as it helps the podcast get wider circulation and spreads the word that spirit is real. Walking beside me today on White Shores is a medium. As the world deals with the loss of life due to the pandemic, divine inspiration from the other side might be just what we all need right now. As many of you know, I've been writing about the possibility of an afterlife for decades and collecting real-life stories. I am not, however, a medium. Much as I would love to talk to dead people, although I have my profound moments of intuition and connection, I'm not a medium or a psychic. And I've always avoided recommended mediums in my book because, to be honest, a lot of them I observed felt I didn't just something didn't sit right with me. But then as I started to work with scientists, I began to change my mind because these scientists were connecting me to mediums and psychics that they were actually researching for their studies. And their studies were coming up with very promising results. Many of those mediums were not best-selling authors or celebrities but humble souls who work on the front lines each day helping people deal with the pain of grief by connecting them in spirit to a loved one and offering proof of survival. 
I then got really, this really intrigued me, this idea. So I decided to go un undercover to try and find mediums I felt were honest. And this led to me inviting medium Claire Broad to co-author Answers from Heaven a few years ago. I wanted in that book to share the voice of a medium that seemed to tick all the boxes. And all those who are fans of Claire, um, there's actually a special episode with her in season one, um, and she's now become a close friend. Um, but today the spotlight is going to be on another medium I hope I've uncovered. And this time it's as a guy, as I want to find that balance. Now, Stuart came to my intention in the best attention in the best possible way through one of my readers recommending him. And word of mouth is a great way to find a great medium. Thank you, Hilary, if you are listening. I've known Hilary quite a while. I haven't known her, but I've, I've been in touch with her via email and you can, I, I sensed her soul and her authenticity. And I knew she wouldn't um, put herself on the line like this unless she really meant it. I researched Stuart as best I could and also talked to him and he sent me lots of messages and I, over time I began to see that he was the real deal. I'm going to be honest here though, I have not been to one of his demonstrations yet, but I, as I said, I trust Hillary and my readers. Um, and Stuart's intriguing. He doesn't fit the appearance of your stereotypical medium, if there is one. He doesn't actually have a stereotype and his sharp eyes and decisive manner place him very much in today in the real world he says his gift began at six years old and it didn't happen by chance as he was born the seventh child on the seventh day now according to numerologists and we have the world expert in numerology actually as a guest in season two so you know if you're interested in that that will be coming in a future episode the number seven is the number of mysticism and the seventh child has traditionally possessed the gift of foresight Stuart has quietly and carefully over the years built an amazing profile since he did his first reading in 1994. He started giving psychic readings 26 years ago and has reached dizzying heights with with sold out appearances in theatres and also on TV in the UK, France and Germany as well as regular radio show appearances and I couldn't be happier and more honoured and humbled to have him as a guest on season two of White Shores. Hello, Stuart. That was a long introduction. <laughs> Hello, you. you okay? I'm all right. <laughs> well, that was a long one, wasn't I it? think That's I just fabulous. wanted you to, you Love know, that. you spend most of your time saying nice things and building other people up. It was time for you to hear some good things about you. But let's talk about you and your fascinating life as a working medium. Um, but first of all, the world right now is hurting because we're saying goodbye to loved ones and we're kind of collectively mourning our old way of life as a lot of us are forced into our homes. Could you offer your spiritual insight about what is happening to the planet right now and, and why, why, you know, this big why question? It's, you know, it's such, it's a, a huge new beginning for so many of us. I think we've, We've neglected ourselves for such a long time globally. And I think there's been a time where we've had to come back together. And I think that's happened periodically uh, through the years, uh, through wars, uh, you know, through atrocities that have happened uh, around the globe. But it's all been rather uh, in pockets, uh, if that makes sense. You know, so something like this is bringing the globe together all at once. So I'm seeing a huge um, new beginning for us. And I think it's certainly going to be a very different uh, life uh, after this. And certainly as we're going through the remainder of this year, 
in September and October, you know, I really start to see it being a lot more positive and a lot more happier um, for us with, with no, without the concern of this invisible, um, invisible weapon almost, that, uh, that this invisible thing that is taking so many people. Mm. Uh, and I think it just makes you realise what's important, you know, and even I have done that. You know, you sit back and, um, you know, you, you realise that it's not about the money, it's not about the fast car, it's not about the big house, it's actually what is around you, and that is your your loved ones, your your family, your children. That's why we're here to to love and to be loved. And and I think maybe in recent years, I I don't know about you, but I felt life was getting so busy, so materialistic, and maybe this is forcing us all within. Absolutely, you, you couldn't be any more right. I think that we've lost ourselves in the material world, which is being forced, you know, down our throat day in day out, and. It's just I've spoken to so many people, you know, my my readings, my consultations now have all gone online because, um, of course, I can't see people uh, in, in person. But the amount of people I've spoken to who have all said from all walks of life, from the housewife to the multimillionaire, have said to me, I now know what's important. And that's just those I've spoken to. And I'm thinking, wow, there we go. This is actually touching hearts in a different way. Mm. It's beautiful, really, but it also very sad because of the sheer loss that we are going through to gain yeah. that knowledge, gain that love again. But through through their passing, it's actually if you think there's was it seven point four billion of us on this planet, yeah, and those poor souls that have been sacrificed through this, but. They've changed the lives of billions of us. They have. They have. Um, you know, and I love the fact that the key workers, the drivers, the shopkeepers, the healthcare workers, they're now the stars that we applaud. We don't want to hear from the reality TV, do we? And Instagram no. influencers. Who want, who, it's like, almost like, oh my goodness, go away. <laughs> it's literally that you know i i know that you know through the, you know the adverts that you see on tv that those those advertising spaces are, are purchased months and months in advance and i saw an advert the other day and it was uh, you know a lady that was advertising mascara and then there was a perfume advert and it, and it just seemed to be so not important anymore you know why you know so why? <laughs> why do we need to do that have that it's, it's not important can you not see what we're going through so it's that just that alone that i think well, is... i find like my postman now he's a hero yeah because he is yeah. risking himself you know these people are important whereas we didn't notice them before i mean i'm ashamed to say i didn't say hi how are you to the postman before i'm going to be honest um, and the same with the sh people going into shops. I mean, actually, I had a conversation with a shopkeeper the other day, and she was saying she actually enjoyed going to work because people noticed her. That, again, is beautiful. And, you know, I've made sure, you know, the other day, the, the, the bin men come to collect the bins. And um, I said, thank you. Thank you for being out here and doing this for us. And I've never done that before. But they are heroes of our day. So we all get so busy, and we all think that what we're doing is so important. And... I realised I was rushing from one thing to the other, you know, and being a woman of a certain age, you know, hair and nails is very important, but <laughs> that's all gone now, isn't it? I think it's going to be funny over the months to see us all with our roots and our nails cracking. And <laughs> so, so, you know, Teresa Chung Zoom appearances will be, you know, if you want to <laughs> 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 people. 
<laughs> and put a hat. But you know, you suddenly think it doesn't matter. No, it's just not important. But it's interesting what you said. You're sensing around September, October um, that there might be a shift. Did you last year, you know, sense that 2020 was going to be the year that changed the world? I I felt something was awry. I, I knew that something wasn't right. Um, now, I get these things quite a lot. Um, you know, when the Boston bombings happened all those years back, um, all day I felt terrible. I was awful. And I actually went to bed early because I was so exhausted. And then my phone was going crazy with people contacting me because I'd actually mentioned it to, to a few people uh, that I felt something bad was going to happen. And they're all messaging me saying, put the news on, put the news on. And I had that same feeling on New Year's Eve as we were celebrating New Year's Eve. Now, I was away at the time. And there's this big, you know, celebrations and party around me. But I just stood and I looked and I just felt that 2020 was going to be different, but not in a good way. But I didn't know quite what that was. I didn't know. I didn't understand inside me what that was about. And it wasn't until these things started to develop and, you know, this started to come out from Wuhan. And I thought, wow, OK, this is bigger than what people realize um watch this space and and here we are yeah and you are you are continuing your work i suppose i guess with so much bereavement right now that you're in more demand than ever i would think you know with with the current times and it's interesting that you say you're doing them your readings by skype because i think it's a myth isn't it that you have mm. to be in person for a psychic or mediumship reading is that correct yeah, I mean, my my bit of me, I'm a psychic and a medium, so you know, I'm I'm. You're greedy it. there. I'm <laughs> neither, and I'm really upset. <laughs> I, and, and I'm a healer as well, so there, oh, there's another go one. Away. <laughs> too much, too much. Um, but yeah, so I my my readings are done as a psychic and a medium. So people come to you know want to speak to me because you know they're looking at life where that's going, but they also want to speak to the medium that's mediating between the two worlds to to join their loved ones with them again. Um, and it's for me, it's the vocal connection. So as soon as I have that vocal connection, that is my link in. So as soon as I hear somebody's voice, that's 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 me, you know, uh, often up and running. Um, so it's quite straightforward for me to be able to do it through the wonders of technology. You know, through you know, I can offer my reading through Zoom or WhatsApp or you know FaceTime or Skype. It doesn't matter. And uh, I think sometimes it actually works a lot better because I think people. What I found since doing this, I've been actually doing it online now at home for seven weeks, and I found that people are a lot more relaxed yes. because mm. of what they're going through currently. They're a little bit, you know, they're on lockdown and they've got no choice, so they're they're a bit more relaxed. Apart from maybe the the odd child screaming their head off in the background, <laughs> and and the mother trying to quieten them down. But it's it's been lovely that they've actually been more relaxed, maybe because they're in their own environment. So yeah. I've, I've really seen a, a big, big difference in, in the reading, but also how uh, spirit are connecting. They're connecting in a very different way from what they have done with me before. Uh, and the evidence that's coming through is so much stronger. I mean, it's always been strong in sense of name, even surnames. I've given road names where people have lived and all sorts. But they really, really are pushing the boundaries with evidence over the last few weeks, which is, again, just magnificent. Oh, that is that is fascinating. And just just now, whilst I, I remember, um, where can people find out about you? Well, there's two ports of um, ports of call there. So I've got my website. So that's www.stuartkeys.com. 
www.facebook.com and then there's the good old Facebook uh, and that's uh, www.facebook.com forward slash Stuart Keys Psychic. Well, I'll be giving the links with this podcast when it comes out as well. Um, If someone is listening right now and they've lost a loved one and they haven't seriously considered the possibility of life after death or even going to a medium, um, what would you say to them? I always feel it has to be right in the person's heart. You know, I think you know when the time is right to do it. I don't think it's something that you can push yourself to do or anyone can say, go on, go and do it. It has to fit with you. And what I've done over the years, and I've always worked this way, that if someone comes to see me, as they did before back, back in the day, or now we're online, if that person sits in front of me and it's not the right time, I will tell them it's simply not the right time because though I'm ready and spirit's ready, that person might not be ready themselves. So I'm a firm believer it has to feel absolutely right. And what you will get is a constant pull to do it. It's almost like your instinct, your gut instinct is calling you to do it. So when you start getting numerous occasions of I really feel I must get in contact with somebody, then you need to go and do that. It's not something you do on a whim, if that makes sense. When is the, I hate this word, ideal time to visit a medium? I would assume not immediately after. Not immediately, no, no. I mean, I, I, I always say, look, ideally, you know, leaving it a good six to 12 months. They, they used to be the, the, an, old, uh, an old fashioned thing of leaving it four seasons. Um, but in other senses, I've seen it very differently as well, where, you know, somebody's come to see me. And they want to come and sit down with me. And I haven't charged them a penny. They just needed to come and sit down with me and just talk with me, you know, about things. Because maybe they're in a, in a terrible way. And that person, their mother may have only been gone for two weeks. And suddenly they come through and they're mm. there. So every spirit is very different. We are all different in personalities. So sometimes the stronger the personality was on this side of life, the stronger they will be in trying to come through. The mm. quieter they were in this life, the quieter they are over there and sometimes they go over and think I'm going to put my feet up for a bit I don't want to make contact all right but I will do at some point but not quite yet you know they, they they want to sit on the sun lounger you know and just take it all in what do you do I mean I'm wondering if this has happened you have a Skype or a, a meeting and uh, absolutely nothing comes through what what do you do then how do you it can, and it can happen you know if I was to speak to 25 people in a week it could happen once a week you know, and what I, I always, as I, I say, I work from my heart and not my pocket. So if someone who's, you know, paid for that reading and then I can't get it through, it's not the right time. I say, look, no problem. I'm going to credit you back. All right. There, there's your money back. Let's let's speak again in maybe six months time. You know, I love that. I love that. That honesty. Um, that That's really amazing. So yeah, I hope everyone who's listening there, you know, Stuart, I love that what you said. I work from the heart, not the pocket. So if there isn't a genuine connection and he doesn't feel that the information is is coming through, he, he won't charge you. That's amazing. That really is amazing because it so, must be so tempting, though, to just say the these sort of cliched things that you know people who are grieving want to hear. Yeah, it's something for me, through all the years of doing this, I've always been... I've got that scientific bit of my brain. Um, I'm always wanting to push the boundaries Mm -hmm. in what I'm doing. I'm wanting to show it's demystifying mysticism. It's trying to show, look, 
you know, that there is more out there and I'm going to push and push and push for more evidence. You know, I won't just say, well, I've got a lady here. She's got grey hair and walking stick. You yeah, know, I won't do that because yeah. that's that's not enough. I want to explain who they are, what they look like, where they came from, if they've got an accent, you know, what they passed away from, names, you know, anything they can give in evidence. I'm always pushing spirit to give as much as they can because we need that over here. You know, we're now moving further and further into the future. You know, our technology is, you know, um, becoming bigger and stronger. So I believe that spirits, uh, you know, technology needs to be bigger and stronger for them to keep up with our modern times. And it needs to be more evidential. This is not um, Victorian mediumship, you know, mm. sat round a table and is anybody there? Um, <laughs> it, it's, it, for me, it's so much more than that. I want to show that your loved ones are very much with you. That's what I love. I mean, the mediums that I've particularly struck by who are genuine, they're, always, they're almost like the biggest sceptics as well. I love that, that they're kind of like questioning themselves and their own abilities. Uh, as we said, give other ourselves yeah. such a hard time. I do. And, you know, my, my wife would say to me, oh, babe, she's like, you know, she, she calls me babe. She's like, oh, babe, you know, you're giving yourself such a hard time. Stop it. You know, you've been doing this for long enough. You know how it works. You know, and it's just me. I, I, I'm, I'm my worst critic. I'm terrible. But I think it's. I think it's anybody. the mark of an honest medium. That's what I think it is. Yeah, I think I, it yeah. really is. Thank you. And, and on that theme of honesty, what do you say to people who say that mediumship is a fraud and not proven? Well, I think proof is in the pudding at the end of the day. You know, I mean, I've had, you know, people in front of me. My, my best my best thing is, you know, there's, there's always, you know, the, the wife will come and see me and um, then uh, she'll tell the husband and, you know, the husband, oh, a load of old rubbish. And then suddenly I find him sitting in front of me, hmm. you know, and he wants his turn and he's there with his arms crossed. And I say, right, and I call them the boys upstairs. I say, right, come on, boys upstairs. Come on, lads. Let's do this. All right, so I've got two, my, my spirit guides are two fellas. I say, come on, boys, and uh, let, let's knock his socks off. You know, and uh, I remember there was once, there was once, he was so sceptical. I'm thinking, what is he doing here? Anyway, his, um, his father actually told me about the watch that he was wearing on his wrist, um, had the engraving underneath it, and that this watch was actually the watch his father bought him. So this guy is kind of looking for more and more. He's kind of got that kind of like that, that tutty, tutty kind of face. He's like, oh, God, oh, you know, and then suddenly I knock him with that. He's, he's absolutely flawed. And by the end of it, he said to me at the end, he said, I know it sounds a bit strange. He said, is it all right if I give you a hug? And oh. I was like, of course you can, you know, but he, he had, he wanted to believe, but he had that male scepticism, almost cynical. Yeah. But when that came through, that finalised so much that was maybe not finished and things that were unspoken between him and his father. And that healed him. And I could watch him in front of me healing. It's like the release and healing all at once. And when he gave me that hug, and he was huge, six foot something, big old guy. And he just embraced me and he didn't let me go. Wow. You know, and that was like, it's almost like he was giving his dad a hug. And I was giving him that hug back of just, it's okay, son. Well, that's what I love about the sceptics. They are, they are so interested in it, aren't they? And uh, yeah, um, that, 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 and, and I'm, with my approach has been to, to explore the science of it as well. And the studies out there, Winbridge Institute leading the way. Um, I had Dr. Judy Byshaw on, on season one of this podcast talking about her scientific research into mediums. Mediums, I'm sure, like you and how it was raising eyebrows because the results were so so astonishing 
Um, but talking about your mediumship, can you tell us when you first knew that you had this ability? Well, it started from my mum noticed I was slightly different um, from from the others when I was uh, six years old. Uh, I don't remember it then, but when I got to around 11, I was then starting to openly tell my mum who I was speaking to. Now, our house, it was haunted and um, we had a we had a poltergeist at the house. And uh, so it's an, in- it's an interesting house, but I was always speaking to spirits. It was almost like it was a portal. There's all sorts coming in and out. Um, but some of the people I've been speaking to, I told my mum about and she said, well, that is going back a couple of generations. That was so, so, so you know, and I was able to, you know, there, there was a fellow called Uncle Uncle Willie who uh, was in the family and uh, he was a jockey. And uh, I was able to tell her about Uncle Willie being there and that he was riding on a horse. Yeah. And so I was able to start giving these little bits of evidence to her. And it turned out, yes, that was Uncle Willie. And he used to be an Irish um, jockey, a very well-known jockey of his time. You yeah. know, so he was able to bring through those little bits of evidence. So that was when I when I was very, very young. Uh, and it just developed really from there. I tried to uh, I tried to ignore it. Uh, I didn't really expect to be going down this road. You think I would know, but I you know I had other ideas. I wanted to join the Royal Air Force. Uh, and I was also interested in the police force. And um, but this just developed so, so quickly in my life. And I suppose I'd signed on the dotted line, you know, and uh, here, here I am now. You know, I've done all the normal things. You know, I've I've done the regular job, you know, but this has now been my life for, for years and years. And I, you know, I love it. It's uh, well, I can it's tell fun. it's a vocation. That's what yeah. comes across, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, but absolutely. how does your mediumship work? How do the other side can how do they spirits connect to you is it through um some mediums say it's almost like they see a movie played in their head or it's a it's a feeling what is it how does it how do they communicate with you they connect with me on different factors so they can connect with me on a clairaudient uh, level so clairaudience uh, is uh, clear hearing so i can hear them so i can pick up i can you know if someone's scottish i can you know can hear the accent um i can hear the tone of voice um, I can also clairsentiently, so I can feel them around me. And that feeling is, I will get a feeling of them being, you know, a gentle soul or, you know, maybe a bit temperamental. I'll pick up their personality. Basically, their personality traits will, will fall upon me. Uh, and then there's the clairvoyance as well. And clairvoyance is that sight. Now, if that spirit is strong, they will show me themselves uh, and I will know that they are there. Now, I'm where, where I am sat right now speaking with you is is where I would do my readings from and just the right hand side of me is the door a physical door um, but they always come through that physical door and they just wait for me there until I give them a nod and then they come close to me and they'll stand right next to me and then I can give you know the person who's with me or who I'm speaking to online you know I can tell them about what they look like and uh, you know the personality trait and so they work with me in so many different ways but again, it's all down to the individual spirit. You know, one spirit just might come through to me clairaudiently and I can only hear them and they just chat away to me whilst another one will just so be... does it happen, Rand, do you have a, something that you switch them on and switch them off? Because obviously, you, I mean, you're, you're, you, you live a normal life and that's why, you know, I was drawn to you because, you know, often mediums, you think they're crazy or whatever, but you, you're very grounded, you're very normal, you have a, a lovely wife and family 
and how do you like an evening when you want to spend time with your family and you've got all these dead people wanting to talk to you what, how do you switch that off I am so blessed in the sense that I can switch it off like flicking a switch. You so can just say not enough. The, uh, I can flick the switch off and that's that. They will leave me alone. So that was the first thing that I developed was the very first thing. And I know this will sound crazy. Rather than a lot of psychic mediums out there in training who want to open up, open up, open up, I was wanting to learn how to close it down. So I actually done the reverse. And mm. that is what's helped me through these years now that I can literally switch off, pop to the supermarket, go and get a few bits, come back, switch it back on, do a reading, switch it back off, go and watch TV, have dinner, play with the kids. You know, because it's for me. What about you know, people really close to you? That must be hard. Do you get messages from them like your wife, your children, that kind of thing? Yeah, I mean, I have with um, not so much the kiddies. I think because they're so young at the minute. Mm. But um, my my son Cameron, he's eleven, and my my daughter's eight. So not so much for them. I know if they're fibbing. I, <laughs> I must be lying. the worst dad to have. I, I've oh, done my yeah. homework, Dad. <laughs> it's brilliant because you know what I say to them. I say, um, Paige, uh, your angels just told me that you didn't do that. As you look at me, yeah, or. Um, and what it what it basically is, it really, is that um, their the, their top lip quivers a little bit like Elvis uh, Presley. Yeah. So it's actually that. But I can say to them, "Your angels just told me," and they go, "Oh, okay, yeah. Well, I ha yeah, I haven't done that. I can't wait until you know Paige brings the first boyfriend home because he'll be getting the Spanish English." <laughs> Like meet the parents, won't it? Meet the parents. By the way, my dad's a psychic. It's like, oh my god. It's, it's bad because De Niro, of course, he's a works for the government as a spy or something, doesn't he? And I think yeah. having a psychic or he would be even worse. Yeah. What do you want with my daughter and why? <laughs> you're Tell lying. Yeah, you're lying. Out. <laughs> oh, well, do you still do demonstrations or is it very much private practice now? Sorry it's about that drinking I, sound. If you're hearing that, it's my dog. Um, oh, I, that's okay. It, um, it's uh, that's the thing is doing it in the lockdown. You know, I haven't got a soundproof studio. It's in home, real life. Can you please hurry yeah. up and drink? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It's always the way that the dog wants the biggest drink ever. Listen to this. Sorry, <laughs> that's not Stuart. Okay, this is coming from me. Okay, this just rise above. It's real life, isn't it? It is. That's what it's about. Um, what was we saying? Um, oh, God, the cat's come in now. It's you. You're bringing all the animals in. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you know, my my, um, my wife and children, I said, look, I'm, I'm doing this podcast with Teresa. And they said, no problem. We, we, we will go out and take the dog for a walk. So I, 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 I've got no risk of anything happening here. He never drinks that long. Hurry, yeah, I told you it'd be it. the longest drink, wouldn't I? Oh, now he's looking at the cat. Okay, carry on. Sorry, I was talking about demonstrations. Do you still do demonstrations or are you very much a private practice? It's very much private practice now. I was doing demonstrations and then, then I stopped the demonstrations, um, but I will get back to them. Was and that just funny. because you felt too much or? It because it must just... be hard being put on the spot like that. I often feel for, for mediums and psychics, it's almost like you're a performing monkey, isn't it? And, and one-on-one's yeah, different. Yeah. It's, it is a bizarre place to be. I mean, naturally... You know, like anybody, I'm, you know, that little bit shy. But actually, when I get onto the stage, 
So beforehand, it's one of the theatres that I've worked from, they have this um, a red light and green light, which is on stage side, but it also has a ticker next to it. It ticks, and the, and the closer you're getting to about to go on, it, it ticks faster. It goes tick, 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 tick. And that's matching my heartbeat before I go on to stage. So I'm absolutely in a terrible state. But as soon as I get onto the stage, I'm fine. As soon and, as you deliver that. And spirit that doesn't let you down. No, never. Because it's a strange thing. Because, you know, a song, you know, a singer goes up, they've got a song to sing, a comedian has got jokes to tell. But as a psychic medium, when you go on, you have nothing. You've got no material. You know, you have got to go up there and have absolute unwavering faith and trust in spirit that they will deliver. And they always do. Mm. Um, it became so much in the end. I, I was doing too much, really. And for me, I thought I want to return back to my my practice and do my one to ones. I want to cherish these moments with my children, you know, because um, mm. I, I found myself, you know, doing a Wednesday show and then I'm doing a Saturday show. Then I'm shattered on Sunday. Mm. You know, I was doing lots of paranormal investigations all over the country, which I, I do love. But again, you know, that could be on a Saturday night from you know, from 10 until five in the morning, and then I'm shattered again. So I thought, no, I want to really dedicate now down to, you know, my bits of writing, doing this sort of thing here with you, um, my, my private practice, speaking to my clients, and to ensure that I'm there as a father and a husband, um, you know, to, to support them in, in, their, in their formative years getting your priorities right that's that you're living what you preach is what I love but in now we're all forced online have you thought of doing live Facebook lives things like that as a demonstration instead of because I think it's going to be a long time till we have demonstrations now isn't it and I think so yeah it could be a while I tried the online thing before you know doing um, doing like the Facebook lives but it's that again it's a tricky ground because when you have uh, a theatre show uh, and you have people coming they're, they're coming because they want to be there but with the likes of Facebook you get a lot of people who maybe are wanting to disturb and not be pleasant and and that's I don't want to be in that place I, I don't want to surround myself because yeah, there's no that. filter is there because no. you know people have bought tickets and come out of the house it's a different thing of just oh yeah. I'm just browsing I, I completely understand that no but again just to repeat because I've got one more question I want to ask you at the end which is a bit of a light-hearted one but can you just repeat how people can find out about you book in readings how the, how that works of course so you can go onto my website which is www.stuartkeys.com and then there's my facebook page and that's uh, facebook.com forward slash Stuart keys and that's s-t-e-w-a-r-t-k-e-e-y-s right that's it perfect yeah and for booking readings how would they, would they just message you or yeah, so you can message me through that Facebook page and you can also drop me an email uh, through the um, through the website. Uh, there's also my contact numbers on there as well and people can call here and um, I, I like to speak to people individually. So if you are listening and you, you want to, to, you've heard now, you know, you're all intelligent listeners and you would have got a sense of Stuart and you can probably understand why I immediately thought I've got to talk more to this man um, because... I feel he is he is great for promoting what modern mediumship should be all about, which is accessible, getting your values right, honesty and heart. And that that's that's Stuart. Okay, Stuart, now for the, the, the daft question at the end, which I do because of the title of this show is White Shores. Of course, White Shores is a tribute to my love for the Lord of the Rings trilogy. I did debate whether to include this question because I did it all in season one. 
because the world has changed, whether it's too trivial and lighthearted. And I thought, no, I, you know, it's something I love and it's just a bit of fun and we all need a bit of lighthearted laughter. So it's the question you shall not pass. Um, so which character in Lord of the Rings is not tempted by the ring? And you it's know, fine I'm, to say I don't know. It truly. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you see, you know, you're. I'm glad you did that. I was willing you to say that because by saying you don't know, people who are listening can now email me at angeltalk710 at aol.com with the correct answer, and I will give them a free dream interpretation or birthday profile. Oh, that's so you've lovely. actually, by saying I don't know, you see, I love that. You've actually helped someone else have an experience. <laughs> I've just paid it forward. There you go. <laughs> and thank you for not Googling, like some people on this show I could hear them doing. So thank you for doing that. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for my heart for spending um, your precious time with me. And I, I look forward to hopefully working with you again in the future. Thank you, Stuart. And before this episode closes, with a musical gift for you to close your eyes and visualize the pure love, wonder, beauty of white shores i want to thank you all from my heart for being present and for being you keep being amazing spiritual you the world needs your compassionate light more than ever thank you also to clown reed for the opening theme track and if you have any questions stories or insights you want to share with me you can always connect to me via my Teresa chung author pages on facebook instagram twitter and YouTube, as well as www.theresachung.com and my trusty angeltalk710 at aol.com email. I aim to reply to everyone, but bear with me if things get busy. And now it's time, the language that the angels speak, music takes centre stage. If you want to know the title of the piece, which is played by or selected by my son and Royal College of Music scholar, Robert, because it resonates powerfully with the theme of this specific episode, you can find the title in the show notes. Sending you my love and gratitude. <laughs>